afternoon, everybody. Dennis Fithian here, and uh, a welcome to the podcast. It's been a little while since I've been on here, and just trying to figure out how to uh, attack this uh, this fall. And so, what I've been doing is, uh, you know, working on the radio out uh, in Ann Arbor. I'm doing a a video two times a week, seven thirty. You can find it on Facebook Live. You can find it on Twitch. You can uh, find it on YouTube. It's called uh, The Fifth Chapter. I do that twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But today we're going to get to some uh, football talk. And uh, I was on in Ann Arbor with uh, with Jamie Morris, the former Michigan running back. And we brought in Nick Baumgartner, who works for The Athletic, to talk a little Return of the Big Ten and how good it is to have uh, football back. That's what we asked uh, Nick, and we have that conversation for you right now. Yeah, saw it trending this way for a minute. Uh, I think we all um, sort of thought heading into last week that this was possible, um, but it was something that you know they were certainly reconsidering and have been reconsidering for some time. And I don't even know you know, what's the right word for that would be reconsidering or continuing to monitor. Um, you know, as we know, the testing, rapid testing updates really helped out a lot. Uh, their ability to, you know, basically acquire a bunch enough to get through a year uh, was, was critical to that whole situation as well. And, you know, I mean, it was the case all the way through. They tried to follow medical advice as best they could um, with, you know, getting better understanding of testing and, and you know, risk that comes with that, uh, you know, risk to exposure, all those types of things. So, um, you know, they found a, a path they think that can work and, you know, they've got about four and a half weeks or so, um, to get themselves back into some sort of, you know, close to football shape, hopefully for them to sort of maybe avoid some of the injury rashes that we're seeing in the NFL right now that I think we all, you know, unfortunately probably expected. Um, but yeah, exciting. It's exciting to be back. Exciting for those guys to have a chance to get out there and, uh, especially those seniors, you know, Jamie, to get out there and, Give it one more shot, you know, because that's that was the big thing about the fall season. You know, you know everybody who cautioned against putting one in the winter or spring, a lot of that was done. Uh, you know, some was done for other reasons, I guess, but a lot of it was done. You know, with some of those seniors in mind, that you know, how is a somebody like that Michigan Quiddy Pay supposed to go through a winter season without a fall season while juggling? Do I? cut bait here and go prepare for the combine without that extra senior tape. I mean, it was just such a complicated mess for those guys uh, with no plan or decision or anything put forward. So at least now uh, there is a plan. There is a plan forward. There's, there's going to be an opportunity and, you know, those guys will have that chance. So that was at top of mind for everyone I know and um, long five weeks, but, you know, thankfully it's over. Well, Nick, part of me, you know, just sees the schedule and it's only been 24 hours here. So I'm just kind of kicking back with my, you know, feet in the air, nine games and nine weeks, just hoping that everybody's safe and they get to play it and enjoy it. But I, I will, you know, ask you a question anyways. I mean, you can only say that so many times. Uh, it, it wasn't even a week after the bowl yeah. game uh, earlier this year that you wrote, uh, I was reading it, and you said that, you know, you if you had to pick, you know, who would be the winner ultimately of the quarterback competition, you picked Joe Milton, and it raised my eyebrows. And I thought, wow, that's a kind of a, uh, I don't know, a hot take, bold take, whatever it was. Maybe both of those. <laughs> but, you know, here it is. So was Milton just that good? Is he just lighting it up where the, the handwriting was on the wall and McCaffrey was like, wow, man, I, I'm out? Or is there more to it? 
Well, I don't. I don't know every detail of Dylan McCaffrey's decision to you know move forward here and, and seek a transfer. Um, I don't want to speak. I mean, you know, everyone's heard what they've heard. I don't want to speak for him. I guess I'll let him explain all that. I know obviously he had that injury last year too. That was that concussion. I think was probably more maybe more intense than people realized at the very beginning there. So you know, a lot going on for him. But I think with Milton, you know, the thing that I thought back in January after having some conversations and you know, basically being around this situation for whatever it was, two years, year and a half, whatever it was, Michigan's offense, the way that it's built now, um, I think has a better chance at success with a player like Milton, whose skill set was, I thought, more complete than McCaffrey's. I, I think Milton obviously has the bigger arm. We know that. Everybody knows that. Um, he has... He's a stronger frame. He's 6'5", about 240, 235, 240, somewhere in there. So he's he's built to take more punishment in the run game. We know that the quarterback run game is going to be a part of Michigan's offense. It has to be. That's part of football now. Um, you know, he's a competitor, just like McCaffrey was. He's a hard worker, just like McCaffrey was. Or uh, is, I suppose. All those things. I, I just thought at the end of the day, there was, there was more that Joe Milton could do that then then Dylan McCaffrey couldn't if that makes any sense there was I don't know if it was that way the other way around I don't know if there was anything Dylan McCaffrey could do that Joe Milton couldn't and I think that there are things that Joe Milton can give you that Dylan McCaffrey couldn't give you as much of if that makes any sense I just thought the ceiling was higher for Milton I don't think I was alone in that but I think that I know I wasn't alone in that but I think that really what it was is they needed to see um you know a year I guess, and all this got hijacked with, with COVID, but they needed to see, you know, sort of Joe Milton be as assertive as they thought he was going to be, take charge, carry himself like the starter, carry himself like the guy who's going to lead the locker room. I mean, the locker room loves him. They like Dylan too, but I mean, you know, Joe Milton has been a guy that fit right in with everybody from the, I mean, he enrolled early and they went to Paris. He was on that Paris trip that year. I remember seeing that. I mean, he fit in like he was there for three or four years. It's been like that since Joe Milton came here. He's just been a guy everybody likes, everybody respects. I thought he had a chance to do it. I think that they can build build stuff around him. He's got two more years left. I, I just, in the back of my mind, guys, I just kept thinking back in like November, December of last year, and, and sort of said to myself, "What's it going to be like if Bill McCaffrey wins this job by a nail? Joe Milton leaves, and then two years you look up and see him throwing for like four thousand yards and rushing for fifty, you know, whatever, somewhere else because he's capable of it." I just think the ceiling was higher. I don't know how it's going to look in this sort of shortened off season with not much prep. You know, I'm not expecting him to light the world on fire, but I think that in time, I think this decision, you know, whatever, I guess they didn't have to make it at the end, but I think this, this is going to be the best case scenario. I think uh, for Michigan, we'll have to wait and see, but you know, based on everything that we've seen and heard over the, over the last year and a half, two years or whatever it's been, this one, this seems like the, the lane to pick to me. And um, you know, seems like that's where they're, that's where they're headed. As, as we sit right now, Nick, uh, Michigan has has uh, had a few guys opt out. Who of those guys, and I'm talking Mayfield, Thomas, Turner, and Collins, who of those of those guys are the biggest loss for uh, for Michigan? Uh, I mean, I would say. The Mayfield probably is, is number one. I mean, Collins might be um, at the end of the day here because, you know, he was probably in position, had this year gone off without any issue. I know Gaddis was super excited 
uh, about how Nico sort of attacked the winter, uh, got himself, you know, after he made the decision to come back, which I think he made the decision much earlier than the end of last season. But when the season ended and they got into January conditioning and, and individual drills and such, I, I think I know they were over the moon with how Nico was preparing and working, carrying himself. And I, I think he was poised to have a huge year, obviously. And I, we all know he signed with an agent. I don't know if he's gotten money yet or all that. I don't know how that's all worked or if he's in class or if there's any avenue for some of those guys to navigate back or if they even want to. Um, but Mayfield, given the fact that Michigan does have other receivers that have played, they, they have guys that are now ready for a bigger role. About a guy like Giles Jackson is probably ready for more time. AJ Henning's here now, you know, there's more there, although you're not going to be able to replace Nico by himself. There's more there. I think that can give you can sort of curb that loss. Whereas Mayfield, you know, I mean, guys, Jalen Mayfield, if, if he were to play, if he had another season here and he played anywhere near what he did at the end of last season, he, he's looking at, you know, he's going to, he would have been the top 50 pick in the draft. I mean, he still might, might be, but that's, that's how good he was at the end of last year. I don't think people quite, grasp onto that, but he improved so much and was a really, really good football player by the end of last year against Ohio State and Alabama. Played really well in both those games against, obviously, we know top-level talent. So, taking him out of the equation and replacing him with somebody like Carson Barnhart possibly, um, that's a big leap, it feels like to me. And then not to say that Carson Barnhart can't make that work, because as we know, Gio Mitchell did that as a retro freshman. He stepped in there and eventually got it, and maybe that'll be the case, but that that seems like a bigger fall off to me. I thought Mayfield, when the year started, when 2020 began, January 2nd, 2020, I thought Jalen Mayfield was the player with the most, with the highest draft ceiling offensively, probably on Michigan's team. I think more than Nico, uh, more than probably anybody else. I mean, he was the guy to me that looked like he had the best shot to grow into a first round pick. I still think that's possible for him, um, but we'll see about all that, I guess. That's the one where I, I kind of look at it and say, that's going to be a tough one to overcome, especially in this sort of shortened preparation, preparation environment where you're stuck into a lot of time with those guys in pads. Hey, Nick, why is uh, Michigan lost so many players? Like, you look at the other Big Ten teams here, uh, you know, Penn State lost, uh, Micah Parsons, uh, Minnesota lost, what, Rashad Bateman, and I don't know what's going on with uh, Ohio State. Maybe they'll get uh, one. Maybe they'll get both of those guys back, um, uh, Wade and, and, and Davis. But do you think it's just like Michigan has had – the most talent and guys that could be top 50 picks that don't really have championship aspirations where, where, where you look at some of the other teams uh, they, they might have like, there's clearly Ohio state has championship aspirations. That's why guys are staying there. And there's just not that, yeah. that top level talent. But I don't, you just look and people can say, Hey, why is Michigan losing so many players? I don't have a very good answer for that. I don't really either. I think every, every one of it, every one of those is an individual you know, sort of situation. I think it's, you know, if you talk about Ohio state, I think that most people, including all three of us here would agree that they're in position if they can keep most of their guys together to probably rip and tear through the big 10. I mean, the talent gap was pretty big at the end of last season. It would remain. So today, uh, whether or not they get Davis and Sean Wade back, I think it would still be kind of that way. That's the situation there. I don't know if you, uh, you know, everyone else has to make their own individual decision. I mean, it's, you know, at the time when Jalen Mayfield and Ambry Thomas said they were going to go to the draft, I mean, we didn't know if we'd have a season. We didn't know if there'd be any, you know, revert back. You go and you sign an agent and you start preparations. I mean, they haven't been in school. You know, school's already started. They've been on to the draft and, and are working out for all that sort of thing. So, you know, 
I don't know if it would be impossible for some of those guys to revert back if they'd want to. I mean, Mayfield's the one where I look at guys and say, if there's any avenue for him to maybe reconsider that, or if it's even possible, which I don't know that it is or isn't, um, he would be the one that I would say, I could see that maybe being maybe being something that would happen. Because, I mean, I, I, I still do think he, he's going to get picked either way, but I think he could, with another really good year of tape, maybe that, that elevates. But either way, I don't, I don't know. I think those are all individual decisions based on, you know, where maybe where you think the team's going in, in a certain year, maybe where you don't think the team's going in a certain year, maybe your health, maybe you got somebody at home that, you know, you don't want to expose further um, to added risk. I mean, there's so many things that go into it, and I think that that's the case. And I think that, I, I, I don't think that we'll, we've seen the end of the opt-outs across the country here as things go forward. And we don't even know, you know, the rest of these leagues that have already been carrying on without stoppages. I mean, I guess they've been carrying on with practice and such. I mean, we don't know how any of this is going to work. We've heard, you know, down at LSU, they've had how many, I mean, half a team or more. Uh, I think Edward Ron said at one point has had COVID. was crazy that they were just kind of casually mentioning that. But uh, (laughs) whatever, I guess. But, it's so unpredictable, and it's such a thing that uh, I think every individual, you know, probably has to make their own decision for themselves and their family about, you know, what's what makes the most sense in the moment. And you have to do that and go forward with it. And then if things change and you can possibly revert or, or you know, rip off that and change it back, maybe you do. But everyone kind of had to make their own decision there on August 11th. And I think a lot of people, you know, that's why they were frustrated because they didn't have that opportunity to really survey what the Big Ten planned to do. And that's where a lot of that frustration came from. And, you know, we'll see We'll see how it goes with all that sort of thing. I don't know why Michigan would have more than others. I don't know what, you know, if that's a trend thing or if that's just something that it is what it is. It happened. And um, I think that I would probably say the latter. It's just one of those things that sort of happens. Nick, talk to me about, um, you know, what's your expectations for this Michigan football team? I mean, they get eight games with a potential nine if they – get to uh, Indianapolis? I mean, I, I, do you hold them accountable? and Or is this just one of those special years? Yeah, we, want, we, we, we just want to see how they play and see what they look like. I, I, I'm just going to tell you my feel. My feeling is they got to they gotta try to win the Big Ten title. They got to beat the team down south. I mean, it's, they got to show me something with a new quarterback, uh, with a new offensive line, but show me that that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I mean, I think that it's somewhere in the middle, probably, right? Like, you know, that it's going to be a kind of a rushed season and not what we're used to. So, you know, maybe the general um, gauges of progress and things like that have to get adjusted. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you're going to play eight games, and let's just say they make it through all eight, and you're not improving, that's a problem, right? Like, I think like that's a serious issue. If, you're not, if we're not seeing development, Week to week, if we're not seeing guys get better, if we're not seeing, like you said, Jamie, that competitiveness, I would say, I would argue that, you know, we've heard so much from Michigan about how great the, they've held themselves together during all of this. I would expect Michigan to hit the ground running um, as well as any team in the league offensively uh, at this point. Uh, maybe not Ohio State, I guess, because they have Justin Fields coming back, and obviously you got a new quarterback. But I mean, no staff changes. You look at somebody like Michigan State, brand new staff. They haven't even got to work with any of their any of their guys. If you're if you're a team with a new coordinator, this is going to be super super difficult. Michigan doesn't have to deal with that. They have both their coordinators back, offense, defense, play callers are back. Most of the staff was back. I think they only lost two guys. 
strength staff was back. Um, Jim Harbaugh is obviously still there. So there's familiarity, which, and I think in, in this situation, the familiarity with each other in the program and sort of where you're going should be an advantage. I would think that it would be something that helps. Uh, I don't know if it's going to, how many games it will win you, but I mean, I think it would be an advantage in some situations, especially early. Um, but, you know, end of the day, I think that, yeah, I, I, most people, you know, I, I kind of learned this with the NFL guys. I mean, when, when the NFL went back to practice on like August 18th or whatever, none of us knew what was going to happen. We went out there and thought, okay, we're we going to be back here tomorrow. Or is it going to be canceled tomorrow? And they made it through. And then you got to that first game and everybody was like, well, are people just going to give everybody a mulligan or are they going to be, and, you know, and you know, you didn't really know. And then we got to halftime of the first game and it was made clear that most fans were, uh, you know, they were judging it the same as they would any other game. So I think that from a fan standpoint, fans are probably going to react the way fans always do. I think from, from sort of our standpoint, I would say that I, you, know, you have to take into account, you know, how things are going to look when it starts. But once it starts, the progress from there, I think, can be judged on a kind of a normal scale. Because once everything starts, everyone's in the same place. Now we see who gets better and who doesn't, right? And I think that that's something that as we monitor it and we go forward, you're, you're going to want to see that progress and improvement in all areas. And you're not going to want to see any regressions. And, um, and I think that's kind of how I'll look at it. You know, it's... Let's see what they look like when they start, whoever they start out against, and then let's see how it goes from there. And I think that um, that's the only way you can really sort of judge it, I guess, right now. And, you know, there remains time. Time will tell sort of how it all goes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And then with the stringent testing in the in the three weeks and the, the different protocols that the Big Ten has, uh, that is going to be the same for all the schools in there. But, I mean, that, of course, could, could play uh, big time and who ends up you know, ultimately, uh, yeah. you know, being in first place. And, and it's the same thing when they put out these two games. That's uh, going to be a big deal. Uh, but, like, it's, you know, it's it's one of these things, like, let's just see what happens there. And, you know, like the NFL, you were able to go to Ford Field. I will, are you going to Michigan mm-hmm. Stadium? Have they, have they made that clear yet, whether the, the media is going to be there? We know there's no fans, maybe family, but we also know that they've talked about adjusting things you know, as they go, as they as they learn, if we heard about all that, yeah, nothing with uh, with us yet. I don't know what the plan is on the college front. I, I would assume that'll be school by school. Um, you know, but with the Lions, for example, that was you know, we I sat in a suite at the, at, the, at Fort Field. I mean, me and two other people were in were in one suite. There were people in the suite next to us on the third level. There, the press box was not at capacity. They everyone spread out um, but they you know the Lions took advantage of all of their space that they have uh, for the media I, I don't know what the colleges will do we I mean those were some discussions we very briefly had back in like May and June um, before everything got sort of paused and I'm not sure sort of what they'll do when they go forward here now but uh, yeah I mean I think that the, it was sort of presented as indefinite no plans as of now to uh, to sell public tickets and trying to figure out a way to let friends and family or family, I guess, at least uh, into games. I don't know if there'd be a limit on, you know, two tickets or whatever it would be. I don't know how that would all work, but um, I think for the most part, they were focused on getting the thing restarted and then the rest of those details, including the schedule, um, which still hasn't been released. I would hope that they get that thing out sooner than later, but I think we all know the last schedule release didn't exactly go so well, so maybe they're being careful. I don't know, but um, either way, I think those things will trickle out here in the, in the coming days and weeks. They've still got some time. I don't think they can put pads on and hit until September 30th. I think that's the first day they can go live. 
Um, and so next week, you know, would I, would I, th- I would think around the league will start to be the, the beginning of your, and maybe this weekend even, but next week would start to be the beginning of what would seem, you know, kind of comparable to a fall camp. And then you'll have almost a month to get yourselves ready, which I think is important too. They do have, they did give themselves enough time to get those bodies ready is again, I mean, I'll say it until it might, you know, I'm blue in the face. I mean, we have seen so many hamstrings and groins and calf pulls and all this stuff in the NFL. It's just been everywhere. And, you know, that's something that I know you're going to try to uh, avoid. And, and, and hopefully for the college teams, they've had those kids back on campus for several weeks. So, you know, hopefully they're in good shape and um, they're ready to go out there and, and run around and not, uh, not. All right. Uh, thanks, Nick. That's Nick Bumgardner from The Athletic. He covers the Wolverines, Spartans, and the Lions. Pretty nice gig there. Uh, and he does a good job at The Athletic. And uh, Jamie Morris, a guy that I have been – uh, helping out in Ann Arbor from three to six weekdays, so you can check that out uh, on the AM dial. It's old school, but uh, yeah, what an incredible forty-eight hours! I'm taping this uh, on Thursday, and you know, yesterday they they get the the sign to go, the good to go, and and then uh, a day to react. Uh, I could just go back five weeks, and you know, I understood when they were canceling the season and. Uh, you know, we had talked about it all summer. Boy, college football is going to be really hard to do. So it's the same thing you're saying about uh, high school football. How are they really going to – how are they going to be able to play? And, well, they're going to be able to play if they get rapid testing. And they and they got it. And they were able to alleviate their concerns with the myocarditis. I don't know. Those doctors, what are the different, the different opinions? And But uh, in the end here, they feel good enough about it to uh, – Give it a shot. And you know what? They're going to give it a shot. And uh, for that, uh, I can just tell you, I feel good about it. So, And I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I would think you're a college football fan. Most people are. All right. So that's going to do it here on the podcast. And I've been, I'm the working, trying to do some, some different things with it. And, you know, we're going to see uh, what happens with it. Uh, stay tuned over the next uh, week or two or month. And, continue putting them out there if you're listening here to the end thank you i do appreciate that uh till next time take care good afternoon and thanks for listening